You're listening to Mysteries Still Unsolved, a podcast where we discuss unsolved mysteries both past and present. I'm your host, Rochelle. Today, we will be discussing Hoya Bashu, the creepy Romanian forest. Hello, hello. How you doing? (laughs) Sorry, I'm laughing to myself a little bit because I feel like it took me far too long to record that intro. Um, I'm just really struggling with the name of the creepy forest. Um, I've listened to it so many times, uh, the pronunciation, but I just still... I'm not feeling comfortable with it, Um, but this is what it sounds like, so that way you can at least hear it pronounced correctly once on this podcast, (laughs) and then you guys can keep kind of keep me in check and be like, oh, she said it right. Oh, she sucks. Not that time, (laughs) but here's what it's supposed to sound like. Hoya Bashu. Hoya Bashu. Hoya Bashu. All right. Okay. Hopefully that sticks because I cannot record this again. I do not have the time. Okay. Um, I'm so excited to be back here in the Mystery Still Unsolved headquarters, better known as a walk-in closet in my home. Uh, it's, t- it's small and it's pretty uncomfortable, but it's got great audio. I can't fault it there. And you know what? I'm doing it for the pod, which means I'm essentially doing it for you. Yes, you. Look in the mirror you. So it's cool. I don't mind. Um, It's time once again, y'all, to venture into the unknown. Thanks for coming with. We are headed on a journey, on an adventure, to a place shrouded in mystery where the illogical and the unexplainable reign supreme. A place synonymous with the bloodthirsty and horrific. Can you guess it? Can you guess it? Yep. Strap in your seatbelts because we're going to Transylvania today. A beautiful place, actually, but it has a dark and seedy past, seemingly uh, like trapped in its own time. Uh, My kids are finally back in school. Hallelujah. Uh, So I feel like I can finally have some peace and quiet for at least 2.5 hours a day. That's a parental win. Um, If you didn't catch the story I posted on Instagram yesterday, shameless plug, mystery still unsolved, then allow me to update you. If you placed a sticker only order, then your package is currently in the mail. It is on a plane. It is on a boat. It is on a truck just waiting to get to your house. If you placed a shirt only or a shirt and sticker, order. You will be happy to know that the company that makes shirts for me, I love them, uh, they recently shipped me my package. So it will be getting to me soon. And then I'm going to get them all out to you. So I'm crossing my fingers, my eyes, my toes, my legs, my butt cheeks, whatever can be crossed. I don't know that you will have your merch by the end of April, beginning of May. So if you didn't already know that info already, it's possible that you don't follow me on Instagram at Mystery Still Unsolved. And first, rude. And two, you should get on that. 
I mean, why wouldn't you? You can see pics from the cases that we cover. You can DM me a case suggestion. You'll be the first to know any and all podcast news. And sometimes, every once in a while, I pop in on stories or lives and we can have like a nice little chat. So come on, do it. Give in to the peer pressure. This is positive peer pressure, okay? Uh, You can also go to my site, www.mysterystillunsolved.com. There, you can binge my now 107 episodes and look at and purchase merch. I even have an update about me. So if you're new around here and you want to know a little bit more about who the heck you're listening to, the voice on the other end of this podcast is belongs to a body. If you want to get to know more about me, that'll be a good place to start. In other semi-newish news, um, I do have a patron program, which I will link in the show notes. There you can donate monetarily to the podcast if you feel so inclined, no pressure. Um, I will let you click on the link and read about the different tiers on your own. But one thing I will share is that if you are a member at any of the patron program tiers, then you will get a bonus episode each and every month. And I'm going to be posting our second bonus episode by the end of the week. I wrote it yesterday. I'm letting it sit. I'm letting it marinate. I'm going to go back to it tomorrow, just tweak a couple of things, and I'm going to get out to you guys by the end of the week. Today, we will be discussing, oh no, I forgot how to say it. Hold on. Hoya Bashu. Hoya Bashu. Hoya Bashu, which is a super creepy forest in Transylvania. I got so worried last week, you guys, because when my mom was a guest on the show, shout out to my mom. Hi, I'm Maddie. Uh, she asked what I was going to be talking about next time. And I told her a creepy Romanian forest. And then when I started my research a few days later, I was like, crap, it's not Romania. It's Transylvania. And I was like beating myself up for being an unintelligent piece of uncultured swine. But then I discovered that Transylvania is actually in Romania. So yeah, phew, um, I'm not a complete idiot, at least not today. <laughs> uh, but I digress. I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. Normally, when we think of Transylvania, we think Dracula or bloodthirsty monsters or perhaps the historic figure in history uh, the legend of Dracula is based off of. Um, His name was Vlad the Impaler, which I'm highly considering covering that dude sometime because he's literally one of the most twisted and disturbed individuals I've ever researched for real, though. But funnily enough, he was like beloved in Transylvania. He was like a hero. Um, So, yeah, maybe I should cover him during this year's super spooky Halloween series. So I'm going to. I'm going to put that in my cap and try and remember that. Anyway, pardon that squirrel moment. Moving on. We will be talking about the Hoya Bashu Forest today. And I think I said that right. Yay me. I'll be sharing some of my favorite creepy accounts that I was able to find throughout my research. I did want to preface this episode with a tiny caveat. Um, We have covered cases in other countries before. So most of you will know this little spiel, but in case you're new around here, first of all, welcome. But I also need to kind of fill you in. I love covering episodes in other countries because there is a huge wide world out there beyond the uh, United States of America. 
However, one thing I don't particularly love about covering cases in other countries, especially other countries that speak a different language, is that it is extremely hard to find decent sources of information, like I'm talking like news articles, like the originals, um, that delve into specifics. Like, sure, if you Google Hoya Bashu, you will find tons of sites that will give you like a brief overview of the things that have occurred in the forest, but they rarely ever tell you things like, I don't know, like the complete date of an occurrence, uh, background information about the victim or the people involved, you know, specific specifics. And that's kind of where what I want to know. Like, I want to get to know the people that are being affected by this. And I just don't really do a good job of um, kind of breaking that down. So I'm going to do my best with the information that I was able to find from like original news sources. But just be forewarned that unlike other episodes that I do where I'm like really able to paint you a detailed picture, this episode is going to be kind of bare bones in comparison. Um, I don't know if it's due to like language barrier or just poorly translated articles, or maybe there's just like a different style of reporting that's done in other countries. But yeah, I'm going to do my best to paint a picture because you know this girl loves to paint a picture. But there might be some like blank spots on the canvas if you will. Um, it wouldn't be a mystery without some of those blank spots though. So just go with the flow. It's fun. Alrighty, let's first talk about what the Hoya Bashu actually is. The Hoya Bashu Forest is located to the west of Cluj. Oh my gosh, I should have looked that up too. I'm going to slaughter this. Sorry, if you're Romanian and you want to correct me, please do so nicely, but it's appreciated. The west of Cluj Napoca. Cluj Napoca. On the northern border of Romania. It spans across approximately 600 miles of Transylvania and is considered one of the most haunted places on the planet because of the high frequency of strange paranormal phenomena that is consistently reported there. It's often referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of Transylvania. It is said to be inhabited by the devil himself, ghosties, and perhaps even aliens. So yeah, apparently when the devil comes to earth in his human form, he kind of sets up camp in the Hoyabashu forest because it's got this real nice melancholy, deserted, <laughs> uh, disturbing vibe. And, and he loves that. Uh, the forest first gained global notoriety around the 1960s when a biologist by the name of Alexandru uh, Sift photographed a flying object in the sky right above the tree line in the forest. After this incident, other inexplicable events soon followed. And you can bet your butt we're going to talk about some of those in just a quick sec. But before we do... I know it wasn't too long ago that we discussed the Aokigahara Forest um, on the podcast. I can't remember what number that was. And I mentioned that a lot of people around the world like to come and visit the forest and like record themselves in it. And some of them will even like camp the night and take pictures for social media or for YouTube or for the gram. But before you get all excited and Think about adding this creepy forest to your bucket list. 
do me a favor and just like don't. (laughs) People who have come to the forest to explore it for themselves after hearing about it have reported that after entering the forest, they come out with burns, unexplained burns, severe rashes, headaches, and high fevers. Some studies, there were like some biologists and um, geologists that came and took some soil samples. And some of those soil samples revealed higher than usual radioactivity produced by natural uranium present in the subsoil. So yeah, you know how in the summer, me or my mom, or me and my mom, will venture out and stay at a haunted hotel or visit like a spooky or creepy place? Over my dead body, would you ever get me to go to this forest? Nope. No, thank you. But it's not just stories of the forest that are haunting. There's just something about the forest that doesn't seem quite right. And the locals will tell you this. They are terrified of this forest. Even the trees that are about 200 years old, which is actually quite young when it comes to trees. Um, Most of these trees, if not all of them, have twisted and contorted at the base of the trunk. So like even the trees, even the vegetation know something is not right about this forest and almost seem to be like attempting to get themselves out of the sticky situation by like trying, like the trees are basically trying to kill themselves. They like do not want to be in this forest. (laughs) Most of the paranormal activity seems to be concentrated in a very specific part of the forest, which is completely free of vegetation and is formed into a literally perfect circle. Like scientists did whatever they do. Mathematicians, I don't really understand mathematicians, like math at all, actually, like is a different language to me, but they went and they tested it and it is literally a perfect circle. I don't know what characteristics you need to have in order to be considered a perfect circle, but whatever those characteristics are, this circle has it. Um, The soil of this vegetation-free portion of the forest has been tested and no anomalies have been found that would prevent the growth of any plant life. Um, I know that I just mentioned to you that some of the soil in the forest had been shown to have a lot of natural uranium in it, but for whatever reason, that's not the case in this spot. So yeah, it's pretty unusual to say the very least. Some people believe that this forest could be a portal to another world, a portal from hell to our planet, or maybe there lies a portal to some other parallel unknown universe. This idea is giving me like some real upside down stranger things vibes. This forest is so creepy, in fact, that when people are dumb or naive enough to enter it out of curiosity and then find themselves in some sort of unfortunate circumstance, they will call the police in the area. The local police will come out, often get spooked. And then just like, seriously, just nope, just nope right on out of there. So they don't have to deal with it. Thus, making you utterly stranded in there. So let's just do a brief summary up to this point, okay? Just in case you weren't paying attention. Let's just do a little summary. Legend has it 
that this is the devil's home. Scientists can't explain literally anything going on in there, and the police won't dare to go in there to help your sorry butt. But may I reiterate once again, over my dead body, will you ever get me in there? Okay, so that just kind of gives you a little sum-sum. Okay, so let's talk about some of my favorite mysterious events to have taken place here. All right, so I mentioned before that this forest is situated to the west of a city named Klujnapoka. That's how I'm going to say it. I don't know how you should say it. Maybe I should Google it because this is important. Hold on. We are taking a brief momentary break so that I can sound smart. Okay. Ooh, I'm not saying it right. Okay, let's listen. Klujnapoka. Klujnapoka. Okay, I got it. Okay. So, it's to the west of the city named Klujnapoka. And this city wasn't just named Klujnapoka for funsies. It was actually named after a man who used to live there. Keyword, used. Okay. Klujnapoka was a shepherd and he was doing pretty well for himself. He was doing his shepherd thing. His flock consisted of roughly 200 sheep. That's a lot of sheep. So I think he was doing quite well. And his sheep used to graze in different parts of the Hoya Bashu forest. While tending his flock one day, his sheep made their way to that innermost part of the forest, the perfect circle with absolutely no vegetation. However, historical reports claim that at this time there actually was grass there. Uh, Klujnapoka's sheep were feasting upon this grass when something unknown, nobody knows what it was, but it was probably terrible, happened. Klujnapoka and his sheep were never seen or heard from again. Now this, obviously, I don't need to tell you this, is very unusual because one might think, okay, let's not panic. Let's not get crazy. Let's try to be rational and come up with a logical explanation as to why this may have happened. All right. Hypothetical number one, Kalujnapoka abandons his sheep and starts a new secret life somewhere else. However, this can't be true because Klujnapoka's sheep would eventually be sighted somewhere. 200 sheep don't really just go missing. Hypothetical number two. Something horrible happened to Klujnapoka, like he died of some health problem, an embolism, a heart attack. I don't know. And then, or like maybe he was attacked by an animal. Okay, let's pretend that happened. That still doesn't account for what happened to the sheep. I mean, sure, if Cluj-Napoca gets attacked, we can most likely assume that some sheep were attacked as well. But there wasn't an animal that came and ate Cluj-Napoca and 200 sheep. It's just not, it's not realistic. And also, if it did, where are the sheep's remains? Where are Klujnapoka's remains? The third hypothetical is the one that most people in the local area believe. Klujnapoka and his sheep were undoubtedly abducted 
by otherworldly beings, whether that be demons, whether that be aliens, whether it be a phantom, the boogeyman, Dracula, who freaking knows? The consensus is divided. But it does explain why so many people in this area believe that there is a portal that is within the uh, Hoyabashu forest. Many also claim that once Cluj Napoca and his sheep disappeared that one fateful day, that this is the precise moment when grass and other vegetation began to refuse to grow here. Like it was after that moment that the vegetation was like, nope, we're not grown anymore. No explanation. We're just not doing it. We've seen some things and we don't want to grow again. Okay. <laughs> Do you, if that's a coincidence, I don't know. That's up for you to decide. I don't think it's a coincidence, but you're going to have to let me know. There's also another story about a little girl around the age of five or so who went missing after straying from her family when they were exploring the forest on like, let's say a Sunday afternoon. They're like, oh, we should go out to nature. Beautiful. Uh, she kind of like strayed a little bit and then her family couldn't find her. Police were called and a search party ensued. Many of the officers and many of the members of the search party began to immediately get ill after being in this forest for X amount of hours. They suffered from unexplained burns, rashes that lasted for days or weeks. Um, they, a lot of them suffered high fevers. Like, and when I'm talking high fevers, I'm not just saying like, oh, they had a case of the sniffles and their temperature was like 100.5. It was like 106, like bad. Um, and these fevers were like causing people to hallucinate like days after being in the forest. Many officers left the forest that day, vowing that they would never again go inside and never return. They did, which meant that the search and rescue team was basically non-existent. Nobody was looking for this little girl except for her immediate family. Okay, this is where it takes a wild turn. Five years later, a couple of tourists spot a young girl emerge from the edge of the forest. This girl is terrified. She is crying. She is calling out for her mother. The Good Samaritans contact the authorities and wait with the little girl until the authorities arrive. They begin to ask her questions about like, what happened? Do you know where your mommy and daddy are? Like, what's mommy and daddy's name? This little girl is scared. But she is able to muster the courage to share a few things before the police arrive. She said that she was playing in the forest when all of a sudden she couldn't find her parents. She called out for them, but no one answered. Then she said that her eyes went dark. And I, I think that's super cute because it's like a five-year-old like trying to explain something that doesn't make sense to them. So she said that her eyes went dark and she couldn't see anymore. And then she said that she just appeared at the edge of the forest, not knowing how she had gotten there, and saw these super sweet people and came out and asked them for help. When the police arrived, one of them, there were two officers that came, one of them was shooketh, okay? One of the officers was a man who had been part of the original search party five years prior for that missing little girl. 
he said he would never forget the face of the girl that they were never able to find because not being able to find her had haunted him for years. So imagine his surprise when she was standing right in front of him, looking up at him. Her parents were called at the station. When the young girl saw them, she ran towards them. She embraced them. The parents were stunned. They had kind of gotten to the point where they were like, you know, just accepting the inevitable. Like, our child died in the forest. We're never going to find her. Or she was kidnapped. You know, all those horrible things that run through a parent's mind when something like this happens. But even though their daughter had been missing for five years, this child that stood before them looked exactly as she had moments before she went missing. Their daughter was wearing the same clothes she had been wearing the day she went missing. Her hair was the same length it had been the day that she went missing. The clothing was not soiled or tattered the way that you think it would be if this girl just been roughing it in the forest for five years. The girl was not dirty. In fact, literally nothing about this little girl had changed, including the fact that she had not aged. Their daughter, the one that they were looking for five years ago, was still five. Ugh, that just like gives me the chills. I feel like I have like the goosebumps. Uh, the girl was questioned by police and family to see like, what have you been doing the last five years? How are you so clean? Was somebody taking care of you? Like what's going on? And the girl wasn't able to provide them with any answers. She just had like this lapse of missing time. Like to her, she hadn't been missing for five years. To her, she had maybe been missing like, I don't know, like a couple of hours because it wasn't like it was five minutes because she was crying and afraid. So I assume it had to be like a couple of hours that she thought that she was missing, but definitely not five years. So weird. Oh my gosh, I'm dead. Shooketh. Shooketh. I've never used that phrase to describe how I feel before, but it seems appropriate. Maybe I'm too old to use this word. I don't know. Maybe. I'm using it though, because that's how I feel. I feel shooketh. Okay, another story is the case of a woman who disappeared for a super long time. So like very similar to the little girl that we just talked about. And, but this time she returned again, not aging a single day, but this time she was dressed in historical clothing that her family swears like up and down and like on Bible that they, that this lady like never owned. And inexplainably, she had like this 15th century coin that had been out of production forever in her pocket. And when they asked her about her whereabouts, I'm like, why are you wearing 15th century clothing? Why do you have this 15th century coin in your pocket? She was like, I don't know. So another like lapse of time. This only confirms the idea that locals seem to have that there is some sort of a portal, maybe some sort of like a time machine or something residing in the depths of this forest. All right, the last story is a ghosty story, which y'all know I love a good ghosty story. This is a tale that locals share about a young bride and groom. Oh, sweet. No, if it was sweet, it wouldn't be on this podcast. Get that out of your head. 
The couple married at a local church, and then between the time of the conclusion of the wedding to the time of the reception, the groom suggested that, you know, they take a little walk. How cute. Except no, because they went on a walk in the Hoya Bashu Forest. Girl, you in danger, girl. Uh, Legend has it that while the couple walked, they encountered something demonic. While running away, somehow, the man and woman separated. The man made it out of Hoyabashi Forest, but his bride was never to be seen alive again. Which, okay, dude, you seriously just made vows less than circa, I don't know, 20 to 45 minutes ago? That you'd stick by your bride's side in sickness and in health for richer, for poorer, angelic, or demonic. And the first thing you do is ditch her when you see a demon in the forest? Girl, you could have done so much better. But I digress because this is not where the legend ends. Apparently, shortly after this unfortunate event... Local townspeople began seeing a white, ghostly female figure in and around the perimeter of the forest. This woman was wearing a long white dress and was said to be the missing bride. And if that weren't creepy enough, which it's creepy, the missing bride had a story to tell those whom she encountered. She said that the two, her and her husband for like 20 seconds had never been chased by a demon rather that her new husband the man that she loved murdered her in the forest he had only wanted her dowry not to spend a lifetime together in love this is giving me corpse bride vibes it's giving me some tim burton stuff uh she vowed to get her revenge and get her revenge she did So the next time the man stepped into this forest at night, he also was never seen again. Isn't that creepy? Ooh, I wanted to end on a real spook spook. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And that's all I got for the case of Hoyabashu Forest. Those are my favorite tales. If you Google this, though, you will get so many other stories. These are just like my top four fave. Okay. I'm curious. What do you make of this forest? Do you think it's the home of the devil personified? Do you think it's a portal to a different dimension? Do you think it's some sort of a natural time machine? The favorite summer home of otherworldly creatures? Is it perhaps an entrance to purgatory? Would you ever dare go inside? Because if you do, don't even think about inviting me. I'm planning on being violently ill or awfully busy that day. So I'll have to preemptively and respectfully decline your invitation. Don't even think about it. When you're texting it, just like start deleting. Don't send it to me. If you're feeling brave, if you're feeling brazen, there are literally dozens upon dozens of videos of idiot thrill-seeking YouTubers visiting the forest or even like staying the night there. So do yourself a favor, knock yourself out watching them do it from a safe, 
comfortable distance, preferably snuggled up into your warm and cozy blanket, drinking chamomile tea, and a brightly lit home. Do that instead of traveling all the way over there and possibly dying. All right. Thanks, you guys, so much for joining me today. It was awfully fun. Uh, Do you want to know how to better support this podcast? Of course you do. Follow me on Instagram at unsolved. Visit my website, www.mysterystillunsolved.com. Join the patron program by clicking the link in the show notes if you feel so inclined. Tell a true crime-loving friend or family member about me and don't feel limited by the term friend or family. Tell your professor. Tell your shaman. Tell the dude that comes to tune up your garage door or your air conditioning unit. Tell your roommate. Tell your taxidermist. Tell your local mortician. You know what? Your local mortician would probably love this ish. So you should definitely tell your local mortician. I just want everyone to know about Mystery Still Unsolved. However, the best way to support this podcast would be to come back next week when together we'll discover, did anyone ever place a useful tip? Has justice prevailed? Or is the mystery still unsolved? <laughs>